retirement. I'm going to use my Bitcoin for my retirement. And I'm going to pass my Bitcoin down to my daughter. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And how am I going to do that? Since it appreciates 200% on average for the past 10 years, let's just say that it doesn't. Let's say it appreciates 100%. Mm -hmm. It's still appreciating, right? Right. So if I hold that asset, and let's say I take out a loan on that Bitcoin five years from today. When Bitcoin, let's say, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm going to throw a number on it. Don't quote me on this. I'm not saying I don't have, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what it's going to be. But let's just say that it's about 500000 for one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's not unrealistic. Right. I can leverage that 500. I can leverage one Bitcoin and maybe take out a loan to value that's really, really low. Let's mm -hmm. say 5% loan to value. Mm -hmm. So that means it has to drop 95% for my, my loan to get liquidated. Yeah. And for, I'll take it to be considered as a risk. Right. To be right. a risk. So that's me mitigating the risk. Mm -hmm. So if 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 I take that loan out and pull the cash out, I can live on that cash for the whole year. Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stanley. I have a good friend today on today's episode, and we're going to go and discuss a lot of things when it comes to Bitcoin. I'm super excited because this is the guy that I kind of reach out to when I need to know information about cryptocurrencies, about the, the currency assets. So he's a good source of information. We're going to tap in. We're going to talk about not just Bitcoin, but how do you leverage Bitcoin? How do you loan from it? And a whole sorts of questions that we're going to ask him today. We're going to do a deep dive. But please, welcome my guy, Shane. Hey, I'm so happy to be here, Mr. Lelaine. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. It's a hey. pleasure. Um, you know, I, I, I hope I can add some value to your viewers as far as Bitcoin is concerned. Um, so thank you for having me. Well, first of all, let's get rid of the Lelaine part. <laughs> I know you for too long. Stand to again. Yeah, Listen, I'm super, super excited that... Um, you're able to come on the show is something that you've been investing in this for such a long time, since 2017, or probably a little longer than that. Um, so you know a lot about Bitcoin. You know a lot of um, the history of Bitcoin. And you're, you're probably the my go-to guy when I need to know certain information when it comes to Bitcoin. Before we begin on everything, I want for you to introduce yourself, but also introduce your investment company, right? Because you have an investment club that you guys are associated with. It's your company with a group of about 80 people, I believe. But go ahead and introduce yourself and the company. Well, like Stan said, you know, I'm Shane Scarfrey. Knew this guy since, oh, it's probably 20 years now. Right. So I'm excited to be here. Um, so pretty much I'm a part of an investment club where it's about 80 of us. We got together in about 2017. Um, we actually started out not as a club. We started out um, as a, we had a webinar where we were learning about cryptocurrencies. And the gentleman that had the, the, that, that had the webinar wanted to um, create an ICO, which is an in initial coin offering. Um, so back in that time, you know, a lot of companies were getting started in the industry and you know, starting from scratch. So we wanted to invest in that ICO. But in order for us to do that, we had to form some type of an organization so that we could do it as an accredited investor, because we weren't individually accredited at that time. So we decided to form our, our, our company, Block, you know, our Blockchain Investor Group International, Biggie. So, you know, we, I'm from Brooklyn, uh, so, you know, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. So that's one of the themes that we have. But 
um, we, we, we initially got started in that, on that aspect, and then it kind of transformed into more than that. Um, it transformed into an all-out investment club where we don't just invest in crypto, we invest in all asset classes. Um, so in 2017, I got started with you know, Bitcoin and you know, other cryptos. And for me, it's more about changing the dynamics of, of, of the generation that's coming behind and getting information that we didn't get. Um, so this this offered me an opportunity to learn more about assets and 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 you know and how to how to allocate my resources properly and you know I serve as a VP on the, on the investment club right now as Stan said there's about eighty of us so pretty much that's what it is um, outside of that I you know I have a corporate background been in corporate America for over twenty years too so I understand that. Um, and, you know, initially my goal was to climb the corporate ladder. So that's my mindset going in early. But what I learned was that that ladder kind of was leaning against the wrong building, kind of, sort of, where, you know, you want to get ahead in life. But if you're exchanging your time for money after a after certain, certain, certain point in time, yeah. you can't really get that much back. You only have 24 hours in a day. Right. Right. So. For lack of, I don't want to go into too much detail with that, but long story short, I decided to look outside of the corporate structure to figure out how can I um, make money that I can pass down to my daughter, which is one of the biggest keys, Sky, and shout out to Sky, um, that she can learn about investing, learn about, learn about money, mm -hmm. um, sound money, which we're going to get into when we talk about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Um, so that way, it's not just about working for someone else and then paying you. It's about working for yourself or partnering with other people and, and figuring out a way to kind of leverage everybody's um, intellectual resources mm -hmm. to kind of come up with something big. Oh, that's what's up, man. One of, like, we could go dive in on your history because I know so much about you uh, on a personal level, right? Um, you've always been a competitive guy. And... I know that kind of drives you, right? That 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 drives you because you were part of this. Um, uh, what is the company again? The multi. Well, uh, Amway. Amway, right? right. You were part of Amway. Amway. Uh, you you immerse yourself into that lifestyle because you like the message that they were delivering and everything about it, right? And then you took the the information and the way they structured a business and the way the leadership model was and then you decided to um use that as a tool to get yourself ahead but you already had the competitive edge how did you think that or why did you think that being so competitive and this was left field right how did you think that bitcoin was going to be successful today in 2017 right or even sooner what, what made you think this is the, the new direction when it comes to money, sound money? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I was getting a lot of information. And one of the things that I learned, you mentioned Amway, is that a lot of times we try to figure things out on our own. But you can't figure something out that you don't know about. you got to learn about it first. And then once you learn about it, then you can make decisions. And you got to learn from other people that's already been down the road. Right. So one of the um, gentlemen that was very instrumental and a very uh, to this day is still a source of information. Um, his name is Mark Moss. Um, he has his own newsletter. He was writing a bunch of cryptocurrency newsletters mm -hmm. back then. And I was getting a lot of wealth of information from him to learn about Bitcoin as a currency. Well, really not a currency, but learn about Bitcoin in general. 
So from from the 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 experience in Amway and the mentorship and just the mindset to know that you can't figure out or change a problem that you have with the same thoughts that got you into that problem. You got to learn from someone else that has knowledge and, and information that you don't have. So I pulled a lot of research, pull a lot of information from this individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him in Atlanta. I think it was about 2000 and I think 18 or so. And cause I like to, when, when I start going in and kind of get information from people, I want to see, if this person is actually who they say they are. Yeah, the character. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So when I met him, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, this gentleman, he had, um, he started multiple businesses, um, was very successful at a, at a young age, um, ran a lot of companies. He had about, I would say maybe about 200 or so investment properties back in 2008. And forgive me if I mess up the numbers, but he was a multimillionaire. Um, but what happened in 2008, is that you know you got we had the big financial crisis and he lost everything, and the reason he lost everything is that he was actually over leveraged in real estate, so all of his investments was tied up in one asset class. He lost everything, um, and then he promised himself never to make that mistake again. So with that said, he started to look at alternative ways to invest his money, and Bitcoin came up on his radar. So he started diving in deeper, writing newsletters, and sharing the information with us in Emory. Not Amway. Okay. This is outside of Amway. This is um the investment club that I'm a part of. Prior to us forming, the webinar I went to, he was a part of that webinar. Mm-hmm. He was giving information about Bitcoin. And we started to pull from that resource. And what I learned about Bitcoin at that time was that it was sound money. Now, when you get a term sound money, before we even get into what Bitcoin is, we have to talk about what money is. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I did jot down a couple of notes, right? Yeah. Just so I could stay on task as far as money is concerned so the audience understands. Because one of the things that we don't learn is we don't learn the value of money. We don't learn about money in school um, unless someone that we know has the information already that we can pull from. We have to figure it out on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as and again, as a black community, sometimes you see... We have the ability to create money, but we can't hold on to it. Right, right. Right? So yeah. not to not to cut you off, but recently I I read in the news that outspending uh the black and brown, especially Hispanics, um, but in the but the black community is still high too. Our spending versus our earning is still higher than us producing. But go ahead. And that's a fact. That's a yeah. fact. So to back it up a little bit about what is money, right? So money is really a medium of exchange, right? Mm-hmm. So back in the days, before we had the paper dollar, before we, you know, I get into gold, you know, before our money was backed by gold, we would exchange different things yeah. as, as, as currency, like yeah. even even seashells or whatever mm-hmm. was a form of, of money. And what happened was that prior to 1971, we were, our money was backed by gold, right? So what that means is that the Federal Reserve Bank, mm-hmm. and we'll touch on that a little bit about what that is, but... The Federal Reserve Bank, they held the gold, and if you had, let's say you had $1,000, they would have $1,000 worth of gold back in that $1,000, mm-hmm. right? So let's say that you wanted to go and get your gold, you would exchange your money for the gold. Right. So it's sound. Mm-hmm. But after after 1970 or 1971, Nixon took us off the gold standard right, right. <laughs> and created fiat money. Mm-hmm. So fiat money just pretty means by decree. Fiat, the word means by decree. Right. And, and, and that, by decree basically means that somebody is telling you by law 
this is considered money. Yeah, by decree means because I said so. So, yeah. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. <laughs> so when, when, they, when they did that, the problem now is this. You have the Federal Reserve Bank, and mm -hmm. for those of you, I'm not going to get into the details of that because that's a rabbit hole, but if you want to learn about that, there's a book called um, the, Cre the Creature from Jekyll Island. Mm -hmm. If you read that book, it'll tell you about how the central bank got started, and you know they they met in secret right. at this 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 um, yeah. at Jekyll Island in Georgia, I believe, and they formed the the, the, the central bank to right. so kind of control the money centrally. Right, but let, let's keep in mind that the central bank's been there before. Right, they had the it's, Bank of England back in the right, days. Right, right. so right, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. This became the most powerful, right? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So okay. there's been different central banks, one hundred percent. Okay, right. So when they when they did that. They created this bank. They centralized money, mm -hmm. which is okay, because you know at that time that's what we had. That's what they knew. So they centralized the money. But then the problem is that when Nixon took us off the gold standard in '71, and there's a website, a good resource that you guys could go to is called WTF happened in 1971. Mm -hmm. And if you go to that website, it will show you what happened after we came off the yeah. after we came off the gold standard. It's crazy, but now that we are off. The government was allowed to print money, and there was an unlimited su supply of money. Mm -hmm. So now, what happens is that when there's a limited supply of anything, especially the money, it erodes the purchasing power. So you're 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 not able for for people that were taught put your money in the bank, save your money. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have a whole bunch of money in the bank, yeah. but with this unlimited money printing, right. your purchasing power is getting eroded. So because the, int the value of the dollar starts to lessen. Right. So if you have this supply and demand thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the more supply you have, the, 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 there's too much supply. So mm -hmm. your dollars is going down. Right. So one of the things that, that Mark taught me was the rich, the wealthy, they invest in assets that grow with inflation. So assets assets grow with inflation. So mm -hmm. when, when when the money supply is going up, the asset prices are going up. That's that's why like the houses are so high right now because of the inflation. Mm -hmm. But for the poor people, people that don't understand money, they hold their they their 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 uh, wealth in dollars. Right. And their spending power is going down. So two problems. Centralized, the government is centralizing the money and unlimited money printing. So mm -hmm. those are two problems that the money system has. Mm -hmm. So for for you to combat that Bitcoin is a technology, and a lot of people look at it as just oh, it's digital gold or right. or it's currency, but it's more than that. It's a revolution, and every fifty years or so, there's a technological revolution where things change. Like for example, um, at one point we were lighting candles, and that was light, right, right. <laughs> and somebody came up with electricity. Right, right. So people said, "Well, electricity. Why would I want to have electricity when there's a candle?" Right, right. That's stupid. Right. So Bitcoin is the technological um, advancement for money. Yeah. The destructor. Right. So this guy's name, his name is Satoshi Nakamoto. He wrote a white paper back in 2008 of October where he talked about Bitcoin as a peer to peer decentralized network where you can actually exchange this this medium peer to peer mm -hmm. without any government involvement. Mm -hmm. And he coded the technology where you are able to actually participate in the network. Um, the, the money supply is limited, is a fixed amount, 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be supplied ever. Mm -hmm. So that's sound, is, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and one thing, let me back up for a second. Money, 
there's certain characteristics that it has. And I wrote them down so that way it is, go, you know, I don't forget. So it's, divis- it's divisibility. Mm-hmm. It's um, dur- durable, recognizability, mm-hmm. um, portability, and scarcity. Mm-hmm. When, when it comes to um, those characteristics of money, Bitcoin, when, whenever, whenever you have uh, um, new technology, the technology has to solve a problem that exists. Right, as I said, the problem with money is that it's centralized and it's an unlimited supply. And it's going to erode your purchasing power over time through inflation. Mm. So that's where Bitcoin comes in. My question is, and we, we, we're going to unpack a lot of the information that you shared in, in some time, but a lot of people to this day still don't think that Bitcoin is, is a store of value, right? And they still think that gold is primarily the resource that we're going to eventually go back to, right? Because gold doesn't erode in value, right? What do you think about that? What do you, what's your thoughts on it? Right. So for the last 10 years, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset across all asset classes. Right. Um, it's actually went up 200% over the last 10 years. There's nothing that even comes close to it. I think the S&P 500 was up. 11% over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, gold, I believe, was up 1.5% over the last 10 years. So even inflation, if it's at 2%, which is what the um, feds are targeting, is actually beating gold. You get what I'm saying? Now, gold is sound money. So I do agree with you as far as gold being a good value or to hold. Mm-hmm. The problem with gold, why Bitcoin is superior to gold, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that gold is um, not portable. So remember, I told you about the the, the characteristics of money, right? Right. So it's divisibility, Mm -hmm. um, durability, recognizability, um, portability, and scarcity. Mm -hmm. So gold is scarce. Gold is durable. Gold has all those other qualities. Even divisibility is not that good to break down a gold bar and give it out as a medium of exchange, right? But the The challenge is right. right. The challenge is so the portability aspect of it. If I want to give you gold Mm -hmm. or give you some gold, I would have to have some reserves in another location where you can access that gold. Right, right. To move it around is not that easy. But Bitcoin now, flexible. Bitcoin, you can transfer Bitcoin around the world. Right, right. So it's very portable. It's a digital transaction. It's it's pretty much digital gold. Mm -hmm. But I think the challenge that a lot of people have is when they look at Bitcoin, they don't look at it as a new technology. Right. So Toshi Nakamoto figured out how to actually create sound money online. And the thing is that you have to wrap your head around technology, right? Mm -hmm. So technology, as I said about with, with, with fire, candles, and light. If I'm at that time where I'm using a candle, and you tell me about electricity in the house, you're going to say I'm stupid and I'm an idiot. Right. How am I going to put electric candles in the house? Right. You can't wrap your mind around it mm-hmm. because it's not something that yeah. you've ever seen. It's not familiar. You've never seen it. Mm-hmm. So this, that's why the technology of Bitcoin is the part that is exciting and not just so the price itself. But as I said, it's been the best performing asset as far as the store of value right. for the last 10 years. Right. And it's it, and it and it's continuing on that trend. Um, every year since its inception, it's it's actually the lows of Bitcoin has been higher lows with the exception of just one year. Right? So that's a good gauge. Right. A lot of times when people look at Bitcoin, they look at it from a price action thing. Right. Price is yeah. the price is the last thing you want to look at. But go ahead. Yeah, you you're right, because you want to look at it over time. And we discussed this before. When you look at things 
um, from a macro level, right, and see it over time, this is how much that it's, it's been outperforming. But it has been doing some downtrends. Recently, it's, it's going on an uptrend. But for the most part, um, I think people are scared. And and for me, my, my personal thing, right, my concern is that sometimes I don't want it to be like I'm feeling like I'm in a like somebody pumping and dumping, you know, like, oh, let's pump it now. And then all of, you know, like the stocks, some people do that. They'll pump up the stock value. And then as soon as people jump in to buy it, to purchase, they jump out and then take the profits with them. Right. Is that something that can happen with Bitcoin? Right, right. No, it can't. <laughs> this is why. So, again, remember, you're looking at the daily price action. Now, for me, as an investor, right? right. As an investor. You, you have diamond hands, so you don't yeah, hold no, on but, to well, yeah, investment but, for a but, but then, but then, But investing is different than trading, right? So if you're a trader and you're trading and you're looking at the price going up and down, then you're looking at the charts every day. And that's cool when you're doing technical technical analysis. But as an investor, what I was taught is that you don't go into any investment mm-hmm. unless you're willing to hold that investment for at least 10 years. Right. Which means that I don't care what it's doing every day up and down, right? I also look with Bitcoin, it's, it's a decentralized ledger where you can actually go online and see the addresses to see what addresses are moving. Right. What's, and and, and what's, what's happening is a lot of retail investors are actually the ones that are panicking and selling and buying and all that based on the price action. But institutional investors, like... Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Michael Saylor. Mm-hmm. He's the um, CEO of MicroStrategy. Right. And his company in 2020, this 2020 now, right. started to invest in, in Bitcoin. His balance sheet, he had about I think about 500 million in um, cash, mm-hmm. and he wanted to figure out how he can put it in an asset that protects his cash from eroding because of the inflation. Please elaborate on that. Right. So when, when, when Michael Saylor, and just to give you some background about him, he's, he's a graduate of MIT. He's the CEO of MicroStrategy. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a big corporation, right? And on his balance sheet, he was trying to figure out, okay, based on the lockdowns, when we got locked down and then, you know, the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. started to pump money into the system to prop up the assets you look at the stock market, it looks like it's going up. And I think it was a V-shaped recovery, if I'm not mistaken. It looks like we're good, but no, we're not good because that's just the asset. That's just the assets growing with inflation. But the reality of it is that your dollars mm-hmm. in the bank mm-hmm. are getting eroded because the inflation, the more money you put in the, 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 the system, mm-hmm. the less value the money is that you already have in the system because right. it's too much supply. Right. So he was like, you know, we're, we're going to lose money if we just hold it in the bank. And he has shareholders that he has to, to, to answer to. So he was trying to figure out what asset can I put the dollars in that will hold value over time. And he did a deep dive into Bitcoin. And this is an MIT grad. I mean, not for nothing, he's yeah. smarter than me. So right. let's just keep it a stack. But he's he, one of the things that, like, for me, what I've been noticed is that a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, big corporations, right, Main Street um, institutions, they are now investing heavy on Bitcoin. Because I remember one time where, um, what's his name from Chase? Uh, Jamie Dimon. So Jamie Dimon turned around and said, oh, I won't invest in Bitcoin because Bitcoin won't last. And, and he broke down the reasons. A lot of it is because of regulation and, uh, and 
a few of it was because he felt that the government would eventually step in. Um, but now you see like these uh, main institutions are now buying heavily in Bitcoin. And, and recently I read somewhere that um, Facebook took a heavy dive and they, they shared that had they had, had Facebook diversified by having Bitcoin within their portfolio, then they could have used that as leverage to protect themselves against some of those laws. So I agree with you. A lot of mainstreams are now investing into Bitcoin and Bitcoin is, is, is rising up there. But I think the, the, the factors that remain is, and, and the reason why I want to touch on inflation, because I, I didn't realize how much of a loss that we are taking daily through inflation. And a lot of us don't really, and I was one of them, I didn't really understand inflation until recently when I'm starting. I still don't really understand it fully, but I have a better stronghold of the idea and the concept behind the inflation and how it has a major impact on us. So for me, my question for you, I guess, is to say that, do you think that eventually, long-term wise, we're going to get rid of the dollar and move towards the Bitcoin? I guess that's a million dollar question. Yeah, because it, <laughs> right? you know, so, by so, dollar, so, it, so here so here's the thing, right? Yeah. So remember the dollar right now is controlled by a centralized the central the central the central banks, right? So they're not gonna want that system to go away, right? Because that's where the power is, right? Mm -hmm. However, remember technology is technology. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you try to stop technology, it may not work out for you, for you in the long run. Right. You have to adjust to the technology because it's there. Right. So, and, and because because Bitcoin is such a disruptive technology, I believe, and this is just my opinion, that right now they're coexisting and maybe they will find a way to coexist the dollar and Bitcoin. Right. But ultimately, the, the problem, remember the problem that we're trying to solve is this. Two problems, centralization, mm -hmm. which is the banks owning everything, and unlimited money printing. Bitcoin solves those problems because it's decentralized. Right. No one controls this. This is no central organization controlling the Bitcoin. Right. And then it's a limited supply. So because of the network effect where, you know, if you have, if it's just me and you trading Bitcoin, it's just two people, that's not disrupting anything. Right, right. But if you have millions and millions of people around the world in this network right. trading, right. The technology is going to keep going, and, and 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 by default, the government can't stop it. Right. Now they could they they have done things like in different places they're banded in China, mm -hmm. and the reason that they're banded in China is some of the things that we talked about. Right. They want to keep control. Right. But what happens is that, and we didn't get into this, but I'm just going to touch on it a little. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin, the way it works is this, right? When it, 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 it's 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 on a it's a, it's on a system called a blockchain, and the blockchain is is a technology where if if you if you are creating if you if you're a miner mm -hmm. and you're mining the Bitcoin, like what happens at the computers they have computers that are attached to the network the decentralized network right and the computers solve problems and when they solve a problem they get rewarded with Bitcoin, and each 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 um block on the blockchain connects to the next block. It's a decentralized ledger, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to slow it down just a second. So in, the, in, in, in bookkeeping, you have a ledger. In the banks, they have a ledger. They know who, who, whose address this is, who owns this amount of money. They, they update the ledger manually, centrally. But on the blockchain, 
the ledger is updated by the different people in the network. Right. It's millions of people in the network, right? So what that's where the smart contract comes in. Right. Well, well go ahead. Well, 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 what, what, what happens is that because of the, 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 um, the ability for each miner to mine and solve the problem, they get rewarded with Bitcoin. It keeps putting in supplies of Bitcoin into the, the marketplace over time, mm -hmm. over time. It's not like all, of, all at once. Like every four years, the, the, the reward that they get, let's say, for example, and, I, and don't quote me on the amount, but I believe when they solve the problem, they get, let's say, about six, six Bitcoin or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but every four years, that, that, that cuts in half. Right. That reward cuts in half. So right. they get less until you get to the 21 million where there is no more Bitcoin right, available. Right, right. So that's where the scarcity of the asset comes into play. Okay. Um, as far as Bitcoin taking over, as far as the technology, you can't stop something that's decentralized. It's like when, when you were young and I was young, you, I don't know, some of the viewers may not know this, but there was something called um, Encyclopedia Britannicus. <laughs> If you know what that is. Yeah. So I remember somebody coming to our door and be like, oh, we're selling Britannica. So I'm like, what's yeah. that? So a whole heavy books. books with information in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But when the internet came around, mm -hmm. people were like, the internet? I'm, what is that? What right. is the internet? Right, right. It's decentralized. It's not centralized. You can't, you can't stop the yeah, internet. You, can't control you, could try to, yeah. you could try to stop a technology, but eventually the technology is going to win out. So when I look at Bitcoin, I don't look at it as just money. I'm putting in an asset to make money. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as a technology that is uh, is disruptive. Mm. And because I look at it that way, I look at it from a different um, prism perspective, and I'm comfortable with the price action because I don't look at the price action. Right, right. You get what I'm saying? It's a long term vision. A long term. You're looking at it from a, a macro sense. They can ban the Bitcoin as they did in China, but the miners, and I kind of digressed a little bit, the miners left China and went to different places to mine the Bitcoin, mm -hmm. right? And they use computers to do the mining. The computers are what's solving the problems, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to stagnate your economy because you don't want to embrace the technology, but someone else is going to get the benefit of that technology. Right. You get what I'm saying? So I'm more for maybe there's a, a medium where... The dollar can exist with Bitcoin, mm -hmm. but in my opinion, I think long term the technology wins out yeah. because it's sound money. I agree. I agree because uh, technology hasn't been beaten. Right. Right. It hasn't been beaten, and it's just like the internet. No one beats the internet, right? So it's it's a new technology, and, and I totally agree. Uh, but now let, let's let's unpack something because I'm holding. I have diamond hands, and I want to hold this investment for a long period of time, right? And I'm looking at it like, okay, it's not bringing me in money right now. I'm not trading it. I'm not doing any of those things. Now, how can I take advantage of it while still holding? It's a good question. So the wealthy, they, they invest in assets called trophy assets, right? So pretty much what that means is that they find an asset that's scarce um, and an asset that has a lot of demand for it. Let's say, for example... Uh, a beachfront property in California. It's not a lot of, you know, real estate like that, right? So they find that and they invest in those and then they leverage those assets. How do they do that? They borrow against the asset. Mm -hmm. So for Bitcoin, you can do that. You can use a Bitcoin as collateral, 
and you can actually borrow against it. So there are companies in the space that do that. And I'm not going to get into too much details of how the companies work, but I'm going to give you a high level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the audience can dig into that themselves to figure out what makes the most sense for them. Right. So there's a company called BlockFi. And what they do is they allow you to put your Bitcoin up as collateral. Um, and they have different loan to values. Um, so let's say 50% loan to value, you put up a certain amount, they give you X amount of dollars back and they hold the Bitcoin for you. I mean, you can use that cash for whatever you want, but you know, when I, whenever I speak, I always want to be very mindful right. of, of, of information, right? Disclaimers. So, yeah, so I, I, there's no investment advice. I'm not telling you what to do with your Bitcoin. I'm just telling you what you can do, <laughs> right? So personally, unless you're going to borrow against a Bitcoin and use that money to go and put it in another asset, which is what the wealthy do, they'll mm-hmm. borrow against their trophy assets. Mm-hmm. And they'll put it in another asset to generate more money and they'll just keep recycling, rinse and repeat that process. So Bitcoin for the last 10 years, as we talked about, has appreciated over 200% um, for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So if you can figure out, okay, it's appreciated at 200%, I can get a loan from it, I can borrow from it, get some cash and maybe the interest rate is whatever, 9%, whatever the interest rate is, it is, you're still going to win if you can figure out how to take that cash and put it in another act asset that appreciates more than the interest that you're paying right so like for example you could take the money out and you could put it in the real estate mm-hmm. rental income from the real estate could pay back the, the loan and most of these loans are interest only loans mm-hmm. so you're only paying the interest so basically you're saying that if i can allocate some money into like a real estate investment for unit and that unit is paying back the investment the initial bitcoin loan with the interest rate is that's what you're saying yeah, what I'm saying is pretty much you, it's a win-win. Right? It is a win-win. It's, a, but it's called velocity of money, right? Right, but you're leveraging. You're basically leveraging your Bitcoin to go purchase this property using some of that interest or that, that cash flow, some of that cash flow to pay back the Bitcoin. So basically, you're just cutting even. Right. There's no, there's no losses here. There's no losses. Right. And that's what the wealthy do. Mm-hmm. The wealthy don't spend their cash on stuff. Right. They go into debt. But there's different but types they of leverage debt. debt. There's two different types of debt, right. right? So you got debt that you have collateral that you put up, which is what the wealthy do. And then you have debt that most people learn about, credit card debt, yeah. consumer debt. That's, right. this, that's bad debt. Mm-hmm. That's not good debt. So I would, I would encourage you, though, before you go into debt, good or bad, to make sure that whatever you need the money for, you have a plan before you actually leverage your Bitcoin. Because what happens is that there's, there's goods and there's bad. There's a good side and a right, bad right. side there's to it. Always side. So here's the, here's the bad side to it. So Bitcoin, when you put your money up as collateral, your Bitcoin up as collateral, if the market dips drastically, they're going to ask you to put more collateral in to, 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 to maintain that loan. Right. Okay. So you have so to have an idea. Say, let's say it was at 60, which it was probably around the highest it's been. It was around 60K. You took a loan from at that point. Right. You, you leveraged that Bitcoin around that 60K mark when made a purchase on something else. It dropped to 40, which we are around right now. Mm-hmm. You're saying that in order you would have to put an additional um, purchase, additional Bitcoin for it to level back out. Well, well, the numbers that you just mentioned, yeah. I'm not saying that 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 scenario, not exactly yeah. 60, 40, yeah. but the scenario, the example, Around that. Are, the example is depend on your loan to value, whatever, whatever amount of collateral you put in, mm-hmm. they'll let you know 
if Bitcoin falls to X dollar amount, they're gonna they're gonna have a call that's like a margin call right. for you to put up more put collateral to secure that loan, okay. or you could get liquidated, right? Mm -hmm. So it's still it's still a risk with anything that you do, right? Right. right. But if you're smart, and I give you uh, I give you I give you a strategy that I'm going to be doing. So retirement, I'm going to use my Bitcoin for my retirement and I'm going to pass my Bitcoin down to my daughter. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And how am I going to do that? Since it appreciates 200% on average for the past 10 years, let's just say that it doesn't. Let's say it appreciates 100%. Mm -hmm. It's still appreciating, right? Right. So if I hold that asset and let's say I take out a loan on that Bitcoin five years from today, when Bitcoin, let's say, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm going to throw a number out and don't quote me on this. I'm not saying I don't have, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what it's going to be. But let's just say that it's about 500000 for one Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's not unrealistic. Right. I can leverage that 500. I can leverage one Bitcoin and maybe take out a loan to value that's really, really low. Let's mm -hmm. say 5% loan to value. Mm -hmm. So that means it has to drop 95% for my, my loan to get liquidated. Yeah. And for, I'll take it to be considered as a risk, right? To right. be a risk, so that's me mitigating the risk. Mm -hmm. So if 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 I take that loan out and pull the cash out, I can live on that cash for the whole year. Let's say I take out a hundred thousand, I have a five hundred thousand, whatever five percent of a hundred of 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 a five hundred is, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say a hundred. Right. I gotta do the yeah, math. <laughs> I'll put but, it right. So, but the thing is, the thing is, I live on that hundred that hundred thousand uh, for the whole year. And then the next year, Bitcoin is going to appreciate again another 100%. Mm -hmm. So it just went up again in value, right? Mm -hmm. So then I can take out another loan, pay off the previous loan. There's no more loan there. And this is a brand new loan that I have for another year. And I'll live off that. the whole process again, all over again. Again. Yeah, same strategy. It's the same strategy. Wash and repeat. That's it. And, it. and it's real. And people are doing it. And you can do it. And people, the wealthy do it right now. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I think that's, I'm, I'm really passionate about generational wealth. With 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 and kind of back off of Bitcoin a little bit with the investment club that I'm a part of, we we focus on group economics. We focus on pulling our resources together so that we can invest in assets that we couldn't invest in individually, mm -hmm. and that's what we do. One of our biggest holdings right now, and I'm not going to tell you everything else. One of our biggest holdings is Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and we do something called dollar cost averaging into that asset class every single month. Right into Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Now. You as, as an individual, and I'm going to digress a little bit because as an individual, before you invest in any asset, you have to know why you're investing. What's your goal? Right. Everybody has a different goal. So when you ask about, you know, you're holding forever, but that doesn't mean everybody else that's their goal. Mm -hmm. They may be like, well, when Bitcoin is 100000 I'm cashing out. Yeah. But you're cashing out, taking out cash, and you're putting your cash into the system that we just talked about. Yeah. That's going to get eroded. So... Just to add, you know, a little insight to as far as thought processing and investment, you got to know what type of investor you are before you invest in anything. Mm -hmm. You got to know your risk tolerance so mm -hmm. you know what you, you know, what what the mix is. And then once you know that, then you can start diversifying properly because mm -hmm. you know, okay, you know what, I'm not that a risky person, so I'm not going to put too much exposure to my portfolio to Bitcoin. Maybe I put one percent, five percent, whatever that number is. Mm -hmm. And maybe you put more into gold if you're if you really believe in gold. Right. That's fine. Or you put some in real estate, but you gotta be a little bit diversified. And I could get into that because that that part of the conversation I I, I I'm a, a little more versed in, but 
that that's how I would look at it as far as investing and borrowing from the Bitcoin. You got to know exactly what your goal is before you do it. Yeah, I think that uh, th that's a lot of information that we really got to dive into. And uh, there's a lot of things we can to uh, inject into that conversation to make it like more uh, debatable because everybody has their own uh, perspective when it comes to investments. But I definitely agree that it has to be something that you have to have a game plan for. And there's a lot of truth in everything you said. And, and I love, love the strategy that you broke down, right? Because that is a strategy that we can implement over and over and over again. Um, but the, the question I, I think, and before we start to like really wind down, because it's, it's just a lot, but the question, how could you pass it down to your daughter, even though you're pulling from it, right? Because I think the, the question is, you're going to repeat that cycle. Are you going to train her to repeat that yeah. strategy? Yeah, well, that 100%. Like, <laughs> right now, you know, and Sky, you know what it is. But the thing is, we we have to teach our kids what we're doing. We, we can't keep them in the dark. We have to teach them about money because they're not learning about it in school. You right. get what I'm saying? Right. So, And you came from Baruch. So yeah, I mean, I went, year in business, right? I did all of that. Yeah, right. but I, I really learned outside of the system, to be honest with you. I learned outside from other people. Like I said, the biggest mentorship I got was when I was doing the Amway business actively, the people that I, I was around, very wealthy people, but they taught me about mindset. And wealth is a mindset, right? So I, I, I would encourage everyone to teach your kids about finances, right? Teach them about money and what money is. Um, but she, she will be able to own the Bitcoin. So remember, the Bitcoin, once you have it, it's transferable. You can, you can, you can. And mm -hmm. there's different things we didn't touch on, but yeah. I'm not going to get into it. But right. there's different processes. Like you can have this thing called a multi-sig wallet. And we didn't talk about holding the Bitcoin because there's another thing too. When you have an asset like that, you have to protect it. Yeah, put it off. You have to take side. it off, off offline, off yeah, the exchanges, and put it in a ledger or a treasure or any hardware wallet to keep it secure. Mm -hmm. um, but I will make sure that she's aware of how to do that. Um, so that when it's time for her to do it, she knows how to do it. Um, I'm actually, I didn't start doing this yet, but we've spoken about this where we're going to be sitting down and going through um, different aspects of investment. Because right? right now she goes to St. John's and, you know, she's in school, so she has a, you know, big workload. But the, the key is you have to teach your kids about money. And if you don't teach them about money, you're doing them a disservice. Yeah, I mean, this this has been great. There's a lot of things that I really want to unpack because this there's a lot of compartments that we need to touch into, right? To really expand more on the information, and I think we're gonna have to like do a, do a separate one. Uh, but for for right now, the, one of the things that I wanted to pull away from this is how to leverage your Bitcoin because a lot of people don't really talk about how to leverage it, why you have it right now without trading. And you want to have it for long term, so I'm glad you touched on that. But if somebody wanted to reach out to you and um, just wanted to ask you information, or when when can they contact you? At? Well, I'm one of the data source <laughs> of this internet age, so you know it's going to be an email. Um, so right now, you can reach me at Shane four five two three, you know Jordan forty five and twenty three, at at iCloud.com. Um, so you can send me emails if you have questions. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you guys have. You mm -hmm. know, as much value as I could add, I, I definitely would love to. And again, I just want to appreciate you having me on, Stan. Yeah. Uh, I'm extremely proud of what you're doing and, you know, the things that you're doing, the content that you're putting out is just invaluable and educating the people. So I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Um, we really 
we really uh, try to get the right information out there to the right people. And I, it's, it's something of value that um, it says a lot when we can have people like you on the show and really touch on several things because there's so many perspectives uh, and, and in our community, I, I don't think we get to see enough of that, you know, uh, different concepts, different ideas, different positions, different, you know, businesses. We just want to try to touch on everything to give the people the right information. Um, so when we have people like you that come on board and share your values, share your information, we're, we're more than gracious about it because we, we really appreciate it. As always, guys, thank you for tuning in. We truly appreciate it. If you don't know by now, our social media, it's in the description below. And as always, like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment if you have a question that we would like to answer for you. And don't forget, guys, it starts now.